you praise. We give you praise. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. You know, just before you take your seats, I've, I've, I felt the Spirit of God say to me, to someone here today that uh, if you feel you've missed your moment, God wants you to know you've not missed your moment. I believe God wants you to know. He wants us to know He's got many more moments for us. And you've not missed your moment. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you need to know you've not missed your moment. God bless you. If you take your seat, turn to someone and say, you've not missed your moment. Awesome, awesome. Just thought, um, Gideon Beth did awesome. There, they brought, yes, come on, give them a, a clap. That was awesome. Just bring in the presence of God. That's what they do. And I was, um, I was just quietly thanking God myself as I was sat there um, saying, Thank you, God, for the, the wealth of, of talent that we have here. Because, you know, you need to know I, I do not take those things for granted. But I felt God say to me, you've not started yet. He said, he said this, the seam is wide and deep. The seam of talent is wide and deep. And, uh, yeah, I, I believe we haven't seen anything yet. God has got a lot more for us. I don't know about you, I'm just enjoying myself. I'm just enjoying myself. I'm just having the time of my life. It's uh, absolutely awesome. So today we're, uh, as part of our series while we're here at KMC, I'm talking about heart for the home. That's the theme for today. And uh, I'm preaching this morning. And tonight we've got Mama B in the house, dropping it like it's hot. I am ready. I, it is going to be absolutely awesome. She's just going to be herself, and uh, yeah, it's going to be amazing. She, she keeps telling me off because she said we've ramped it up so high now that like she's feeling under pressure. But she's all right. She's just going to be cool. She's going to come and be herself. That's all. To be honest, that's what she's going to do anyway, so we don't have to give her permission to do that. That's what she does. But I'm speaking uh, to the subject in a slightly different way. Way today, Psalm 92, verses 12 to 14. It's great to have uh, T-Bone, Becky, and Panza in the house from uh, Birmingham. I know you don't know who they are, but they're doing a phenomenal job building a church. They're from Hope City, building an amazing church in Birmingham. I told him last night he's got a great church inside him. He's got a big church inside him. I know that's going to happen already, seeing 100 people. Meeting together in Birmingham. God bless you, man. You know, God, may God take you from strength to strength. I'm, I'm not even going to be surprised. I, you know, whenever you tell me things are going well, I'm not even going to be surprised because I know that's what God's going to do. Psalm 92. This is what the Bible says. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Well, that's, uh, that's our starter for 10. Um, yeah, like today's message is, 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 yeah, I make no apologies for the fact we're gonna, gonna kind of touch loads of different 
things. But I want to I start by saying that God's people, I believe God's people should flourish. See, this is what you need to understand about me. I, I, I don't do well. I understand that there are going to be people who go to church and there are going to be people who come to church. And I understand all that. But for me, being a follower of Jesus means that I'm not just a church goer. It means it's going to impact my life. God wants me to flourish. Now, you know, I'm not one of those guys, you know, someone say, oh, well, that's all that prosperity gospel stuff. I, I don't, I'm not a propagator of prosperity gospel, but I do believe that the gospel causes us to prosper. I don't, I don't think that it is Jesus' intention for every one of us to be living in uh, uh, mansions and, and, and driving uh, BMWs or whatever it is, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, if you've got one, fantastic, but, but it's not the intention that everybody gets one of those and you shouldn't feel less for not having one of those. What we need to know, every one of us in this place needs to know that there is a mansion waiting for us. Well, every one of us have been allotted a mansion. And, 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 and essentially, I do believe in a God who wants us to be more heavenly focused than we are earthly focused. But the reality is that I believe in a God who wants us to flourish and wants us to prosper on the earth. He wants you to be blessed. He wants your family to be blessed. And I, do, I believe that the gospel helps us do that. Some of you, you're praying for more money, and you don't need more money right now. You need to learn to budget properly. Some of you don't even realize how much money you've got because you've got no control over your money. So that your, God's answer to you is not more money, it's that you budget. Turn to someone near you and say, he's talking to you. See, because I, I, I see that for me, in my head, that's all part of the same thing. It's like, yeah, 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 come to, come to church. And don't get me wrong, you know, I love church. And you're going to hear that in a moment. But the reality is that I believe our lives should work beyond these walls. It is not, for me, the plan that we come here and this is like the drug, our, our weekly drug. You know, where we're crawling through those doors, worn out and exhausted from our weeks. And we come in and we just get into the presence. Oh, oh, thank God I'm here. Thank God. I didn't think I was going to make it, but thank God I'm here. And we get here, we crawl in, we have an amazing time. And we, and we get pumped and we get amped and it's rush. And we, it's all good. It's all good. But then Monday's waiting for us. And Tuesday afternoon's waiting for us. And, and to be fair, I, I, I think we need something that lasts more than Sunday. We need something that is going to affect our lives, affect our marriages, affect our families, affect every aspect of our lives. I believe the gospel works. And the psalmist tells us that those planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. And I think it's important to understand, and I, I, I actually love the title today because it talks about heart for the home, because it's not just heart for the house, because how many of you know you can have a house, but it's not necessarily a home? And the difference between a house and a home is that I make it home. 
our famous home is where the heart is. And where, where, wherever we are, we're going to make it home because that is to do with me. It's to do with my heart. There is a personal investment when I make somewhere home. I'm saying I belong. It means I'm established. It, you know, we talk about family. We talk about home. There are privileges of being part of, of, of a home, being part of family. You know, we've got, we've got access to community. We've got access to people who love us, who are looking out for us. People wanting to guide and want the best for you. Incidentally, there is huge evidence to suggest that people who are part of community actually live longer. People who are part of a community such as this and are uh, uh, actually part of it, they, they live longer. You have access to an anointing and principles that will help you build a blessed life so that you can flourish. And sure, home also means I have responsibilities. All the parents in the house say amen. Because you can't have all the benefits of home without having some of the responsibilities of home. I want to, you know, it's like these days the argument, in my day it was washing up. You know, we used to argue washing up. Now we argue how the plates actually make their way into the dishwasher. How the dishwasher gets emptied, you know what I mean? The day the argument's different. It's like, you know what? We used to wash those things ourselves. <laughs> Sorry, uh, if the security could just be aware. We have a heckler on the front row who also may be an elder of the house. Tamsin, I'm relying on you, please. <laughs> So home means that I have responsibilities, financial, practical, the help in running the place. Home is a place where, I look, where we look out for one another. And I want to point out that the Bible isn't saying that the pe people flourish who attend the house of God. It's people who, plant, who are planted. There are, there's a difference between being planted and those who attend. Because planted is about commitment. It means I'm here. It means this, I'm making this place home. Church is not just a service provider. See what I did there. And I think that sometimes, you know, when people hear me talk about six-star service and all that sort of thing, you start, but when you start talking about six-star service, then people start getting expectations. Well, I just need you to know that what I experienced today was not a six-star service. You know, and it's like, that, that isn't to do so much with that. We always want to uh, provide a six-star service because we are a home that is always welcoming guests. So we're not just a service provider, quite literally. We are a home, a house that is, all, that is always welcoming new guests. You know, we understand, you know, like if, if, it's, um, if it's just um, 
You and your family, well, you don't mind a couple of magazines lying around or, you know, the cushion's not exactly tidy or a couple of cups on the side. But when you've got certain people coming around who maybe you don't know so well, you tidy, you, may, you just, you know, magazines under the cushion and you just, you just tidy, you know, you just make, especially if, they, if you didn't know they were coming. It's, it's like, someone's at the door, someone's at the door. It's like, well, why don't you answer the door? You know, it's like, but no, we've got to quickly tidy, hi, and then you go to the door. Hi. It's great. I remember, I remember uh, once uh, making a pastoral visit to a family, thankfully in South Africa, so no one here, a family in South Africa, and they were in the middle of a row like you would not believe. And uh, it, obviously it's warm there, so the windows were open. Trust me, the street knew that things were not well. So like, I'm like, so I thought, come on, Mark, I'm going. So I, 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 I had to ring the doorbell twice. It was, it was one of, of those. But it was really wonderful because it was like, I heard, there was that silence. And then, you know, like, you know what, right, the reality is, you don't want anyone at the door when you're in the middle of a row, but when it's the pastor. But I love it. They came to the door and went, Hello. <laughs> Amazing to see you. It was like nothing had happened. I felt like the street was saying to me. You see, family isn't perfect. Church isn't perfect. Christians have got this thing, you know, where we're always looking for the perfect church. You know, let me tell you, I, any church you join is going to be perfect for the first two or three weeks. I want to tell you that even if you found the perfect church, you'd ruin it by turning up. Turn to someone and say, he's talking to you. But you know what? The reality is that when I'm planted, even the manure helps me grow. Some of you will get that later. See, when you, you know, sometimes you talk to people, you say, hey... You know, especially in a church like this, you know, like, but you might not uh, know everybody. And, and, you know, sometimes you talk to people say, yeah, yeah. You say, you come here. And sometimes you, you know, people will say to you, don't they? They say, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. I'm here for the season that the Lord want, wants me here. And it sounds really spiritual, doesn't it? You know? It sounds really spiritual to say, yes, I'm, I'm here for the season the Lord wants me here. It's like those people are... are like, you know, if anyone says this to me, I smile because I try and be nice. But on the inside, I'm not smiling. You know, like those people who say to me, you know, I, uh, I, I came here this morning because I wake up every Sunday morning. And I say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, where do you want me to go this morning? And he just sends me around the city. And I was here this morning. And I say, oh, Really? And what I want to say is, I've never heard such spiritual garbage in all my life. That's what I want to say. You are talking utter rubbish, but you know what? That manure is going to help me grow. Because all that means is I'm present, but I don't participate. I'm a consumer, but I don't contribute. It means I've entered his gates, but I've come with an exit plan. 
I've decided not to decide, and I'm committed to my non-commitment. I am not planted. I am not planted, and therefore I cannot flourish. Because it's only people who are planted in a house. Be plant if you can't be planted in this house, find a house where you can be planted. Because when you are planted, my Bible tells me that I will flourish. I that's what truly being spiritual is. Truly being spiritual is being planted in the house of the Lord because then I'm in community, I'm contributing. And I'm accountable. Being a Christian means I am accountable. I'm not just floating around doing whatever I want, wherever I want. I'm tired of Christians thinking that they can disassociate their relationship from God, with God from church. You cannot do that. 1 John 4, verse 19 to 21 says this, we love each other because he loved us. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. I'm not quite sure how much straighter you can say it than that. For if we don't love people, we can see. How can we love God whom we can't see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God, must also love their fellow believers. Yeah. It comes with the deal. Yeah. We've got to find a place in the house of God. We've got to find a place amongst family. We've got to find a place that I can call home, that I can be established. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. Yeah. It's, not, it's Jesus on God's terms, not on my terms. You understand what I'm saying? Some of us, we're not seeing the degree of flourishing that we need to see because we're trying to do it our way. See, I can walk with God and I can be blessed. But there's a difference between being blessed and flourishing. God, God, let me tell you, God blessed me when I was lost, when I was broken, when I was blind, God blessed me. He saved me from stuff that I, don't, I didn't even realize I, realized I was being saved from while I was denying him, while I was lying, while I was doing all stuff that I shouldn't be doing. God blessed me because God is determined to bless his children. God, God, God blessed you long before you found him. I don't know whether some of you can cope with it. Because you see, some of us, we believe that God's blessing is attributed to my good behavior. If I I'm, if I'm behave well, if I've, if, I've, if I've had my quiet time, if I've read my Bible, then I'm blessed. Am I saying there's something wrong with having a quiet time and praying? Absolutely not. But we don't earn God's blessing, earn God's favor by, by going through a set of religious rituals. God is determined to bless me. God is determined to bless you no matter what. Is anyone glad that God was determined to bless them in your mess? I thank God. I, he saved me from some stuff. He saved me from some stuff. I don't know. I know some of you, you're lovely people. You've grown up in church, etc. And that is not your story. But for me, my God, he saved me from whole heaps of mess. I was blessed before I even stepped foot in the house of the Lord. 
When I'm planted, I can flourish. That word to flourish means to bud and to blossom. It also means to, to break out. And interestingly, it also means to fly. And do you know what I love about that? That if I'm going to flourish, if I'm going to fly, I need to be planted. Because it makes you think, well, the only way, I, I, I want to fly. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch. No. I, I want to I walk free. I want to be free. I'm not going to uh, have anyone hold me down, tie me down, hold me back. I don't want anyone telling me what to do. You know what I mean? Some of us, we've been hurt by leaders. We've been hurt by churches. We've been disappointed. We've experienced broken promises. That is the reality. But I'm sorry, that does not give you the excuse to have an attitude. It does not give you the excuse to stand off in the distance and say, well, you know what? This is where I'm standing because I've been hurt before. And I've been hurt by leaders like that before. And I ain't going to be hurt no more. I'm sorry. I, can't, I love God. I love Jesus. I'm going to wait, but I'm just going to keep myself to myself. The devil is a liar. Because every time, every time you are allowing those thoughts to go through your mind, the devil is stopping you from flourishing. He's stopping you from flying because you are protecting yourself. I want you to know that God has enough healing. He has enough deliverance. He has enough breakthrough for you and your pain and your disappointment and everything. You know what? If you are looking for this church to disappoint you, let me tell you, you just hang around after the service. I'm sure there's something that you'll find to be disappointed about. If you're looking around expecting to be disappointed, I'm sure you won't be disappointed because you will be disappointed. But I also guarantee that if you are walking around expecting to be blessed, then my God will make sure that you will find a blessing in this place. What are you looking for? What are you expecting? The way I fly is by being planted. The Bible says that even in old age, those who are planted, even in old age, even in old age, he, God, God has said, I'm the, I am no respecter in that regard of generations. I don't care how old you are. You are going to be, you're going to bear fruit. You are going to, you are going to be fresh and you are going to be green. The, one of the connotations of, 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 of that uh, word fresh is fat. In the King James, it says you're going to be fat. It means full of sap, full of sap and energy and vitality. That's what, when you walk with God, he makes you fat and green. Turn to someone near you and say, you're fat and green. I hope no one got punched. God wants me fruitful in every season of my life. That is the wonder of being part of a community such as this 
where we live in a world where everything focuses towards a younger generation. We live in a world like that where people, uh, particularly in a Eurocentric community, where things seem to gravitate towards old age and you feel like you're washed up and finished. That is not how it is in the kingdom of God. And we are here to, to reestablish a godly culture in, in that we are not allowing ourselves to come under that. Oh my God, there's a preach in this. Just in this alone, there's a preach in this. Because this, we are not the world. We, we are counterculture in that regard. And some of us, we get confused because we, we, we think, well, all they're doing, all they're doing it for is for the young people and they don't want us because they've got all the lights and they've got all that. Let me tell you something. It's not that, yes, we want young people in here. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we do things to attract another generation? Because we are getting older and our job is to bring another generation into the kingdom, both naturally and spiritually. And I've got to tell you that, 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 that uh, you know, some of, some of us who find a problem with that is because we've been in church. Let me tell you, there are a lot of old people who know what it is to go to a club or know what it is to go dancing. And, 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 and that, is, that is a reality out there in the world. There are many older people who would walk in here and not be at all surprised. Well, they might be surprised because they say, oh my gosh, I didn't think church was like this. But it isn't about this. It's about us. It's about our heart. It's about what God is doing in us. It's about what God is doing through us. God has created us to be fruitful. And every season of our life, just reflecting on the, uh, that, that clock can't be right. That is, you've made a mistake. I can't believe that, how much time has gone. I, you know, Jesus was there with, with, when he cursed the fig tree. And, and, and it was, say, and, and the disciples were amazed that the fig tree had, had withered. And, 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 you know, it, it can seem a little confusing because Jesus went to the fig tree uh, and, and he said that um, there wasn't any figs on it. And, and some of your Bibles will tell you that because it wasn't yet the season for figs. But the reality is this, a fig, with, a, with a fig tree, the fruit grows before the leaves. Leaves come after the fruit. So... When Jesus saw the leaves, he expected fruit. The tree was advertising something that it wasn't producing. And Jesus does not want his advertising something that we are not producing. Because he doesn't want to just see leaves. He wants to see fruit. He doesn't want anything standing there saying, hey, we're doing this. We're being fruitful. And actually we're producing nothing. God is looking for fruitful Christians. God said in Genesis, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. That is God's plan for us to flourish, to flourish in the land, to increase. That's what I believe church is meant to do. It's meant to flourish and it's meant to grow and it's meant to increase. And even if we have smaller expressions round about here and beyond this city, the reality is that every environment is meant to increase. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting in that scripture, it talks about be fruitful 
Increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. He wants us to to impact our environments. Jesus talked to us about being salt and light and he wants us to influence our environments. He, He doesn't want us to just accept what is handed to us. It's true here, it's true for our homes, it's, it's subduing the environment. I was thinking, just thinking about this, you know, sometimes for me, subduing my environment is turning the other cheek. Sometimes subduing my environment is going the extra mile because that's what Jesus told me to do. It's responding in a different way. Sometimes it's me taking authority. I don't know why I was thinking about this, but I remember at one season in our life, you know, quite a while before we went to South Africa. But you know what? Um, and, you know, like some of you are not going to be surprised about this at all. But, you know, like we just went through one of those phases where every single morning, arguing, falling out, arguing, falling out, the kids at each other's out. Mom, he said this. Mommy hit me. Mom, I can't find my sock. Mom, I can't find my shoe. I mean, I know you guys have never experienced anything like that. But it's like, you know, like every single morning. So everybody left the house stressed out of their brain. If they weren't crying, they were stressed out of their brain. And... Mama B said, no, no more. This was her. She said, no more. I'm, I'm not having it anymore enough. Every single morning, this, this, this. And so we had this. I, I, I was awoken to this music. She put some praise music on that old stereo. We had an old stereo back in the days when you had those things. And there was an old, and, and, and the house was filled with the sound of music. That was the first thing you heard. And, 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 and the kids woke up saying, what's that? What? What are you putting that on for? What? But the thing was that when she decided that we weren't going to fill the atmosphere with arguing and falling out, but we were going to fill the atmosphere with praising God, she transformed. She subdued that environment and transformed the, the atmosphere of our home. And we left. People left with a different Attitude. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that suddenly my kids were saying to each other, oh, good morning, after you. No, 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 after you. That's how I always saw it going in my head. But it was not quite like that. But there wasn't the arguing and the bickering and and the falling out. You know what I'm saying? It was that God wants us to be influencers of our environment to subdue it. Psalm 8 verse 6 says, you made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. God wants us to rise up and understand that, Rachel, what are you doing here? Don't play. Yeah, okay, play a bit, but quietly. I don't, I don't care what the run sheet said. No. The, God wants, it's about, we need to realize there's some stuff under our feet. I don't know, is there anyone here who's tired of being under? Just under. Just feeling under. I'm under oppression. I'm under attack. I'm under. I'm under. I'm under. And God wants us to realize that actually we've got some things that are under our feet. Why? Because he has put them under our feet. In fact, he has crushed Satan under our feet. I don't know whether you've ever thought about that phrase. 
He has crushed Satan under our feet. It's an interesting thing. It's like he has crushed Satan. It's like he's got hold of my foot. And he is crushing Satan under my feet. He is wanting me to understand that through Jesus, I have power and authority. I spoke last week about David returning to bless his household. This, it won't leave me. He won't leave me because I believe that God wants us to understand as a community that, that God wants to bless our homes. He wants to bless our homes. Yes, he wants to bless this house. Yes, he wants to bless this home. But he wants to bless your home. A blessing to release. A blessing is to release words. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says the tongue can bring death or life. The tongue can bring death or life. I want to say to you, are you speaking life to your marriage? Are you speaking life to your husband? Are you speaking life to your wife? Are you speaking life over your kids? I want to, you know, sometimes we've got to, we've got to understand that it's, we have got authority. Sure, you can say, oh, pray for me, pastor. Pray for me, pastor. And we'll pray for you. But ultimately, I've got to rise up when things in life are trying to pull me down. I've got to rise up in the name of Jesus. And I've got to make a difference. There are things, there's stuff that tries to get into my home. Stuff that tries to get into your home. Fear, anxiety, Depression, hopelessness, sickness. We need to understand that we have the power to subdue it. To put it under our feet. To speak life. To not allow things to come into my house and tell us how we're going to get on. I have, I have known, listen. We, with this woman, I have a fantastic marriage. But not by accident. Not by accident, through hard work. She's not an easy woman. <laughs> I'm sure she'll look for an opportunity to get her own back later. I've known over the years stuff that's tried to get into our marriage, you know, and it, and it can go from anything from bickering to full out battle. Maybe it would have been like that couple who I went to visit that day. You know, just that. And, and you, you, there comes a point where you've got to say, no, in the name of Jesus. You're not coming in to our marriage. Why? Why? Because the devil is trying to stir things up. He is trying to dislodge us. He's trying to stop us, uh, to, to, to rob us of blessing. That's what, he's, that's what he's seeking to do. So we have a great marriage because we've worked hard by the grace of God. Having a great marriage. And you too can have a great marriage, but you're going to have to do something. Yes, yes, it's, it's all Jesus, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Yes, pray, but do something. Gentlemen, a bunch of flowers is great. And some of you would do well to go and buy a bunch of flowers. But a bunch of flowers doesn't solve everything. Sometimes the best thing you could do is wash the pots or bath the kids. And that would be far worth far more than a bunch of flowers. Sometimes, just sometimes, a bunch of flowers is too easy. 
Do some, pray, but do something. Look, to, look for ways to bless each other, not criticize each other. Look for ways to bless your children. Catch them doing something good. Listen, it's not always easy, you know. I don't know, sometimes it seemed that uh, our kids, every now and again, thankfully not too many times at the same time, but one of them will get out of bed and it's like, Lord, the devil has come into this house in the name of Jesus. It's like they're bright. It's like, who are you? What happened? It's like they have just come, they've woken up another person. I remember getting uh, one of our kids to, to walk around. We, we were praying as a, a little, uh, when they were little, and they were like, ah, disruptive and like not doing anything. And we, we confessed over them, there is a future for a man of peace. And we got them to confess. We, we made them say it, there is a future for a man of peace. And we got them, well, let me tell you, that man is alive now and he is living the future that he confessed as a little boy. He's living the future. We confessed over him. But it would have been a moment to get critical. It would have been a moment to get angry. It would have been a moment. But, but you've, got to, you've got to subdue that situation and call something else out of it. What is trying to get into your marriage? What is trying to get into your home? It's time to speak a blessing. Speak a blessing. You pray for others. Pray, pray for your own wife. Pray for your own husband. Pray for your own family. Guys, I, I, I want you to know this is important. God is trying to get something into us. He's trying to get something through to us. And let me tell you, we have experienced what we have experienced because we have lived our lives planted in the house of the Lord. It's not always been easy. I haven't got time to talk to you through that. Do not think, do not look at me, do not look at Lynette, do not look at my family and think, oh, well, you know what, it's all right for them. Well, you know what, there's a whole backstory to what you see. And we've needed at every step the grace of God. It just came to me to, I want to, <laughs> this shows how long I've been a road, on the road. Back in the day, the, if, you, if you didn't have the NIV, then you had the, um, the Living Bible. Anyone remember the Living Bible? It was like you weren't very spiritual if you read the Living Bible. You know, you had to be really spiritual to read the King James. You were a little less spiritual and you were barely saved if you read the Living Bible. It was a paraphrase. But I, I, I love this. this. I can't even tell you. I tell you, my eyes filled up when I, when I read this because I can't tell you how many times I pounded the floor praying this psalm over my family pounded in, in tough times, tough times when we've had no money, tough times when the school reports weren't looking good, tough times when, when they were sick, tough times when things were not going well. Psalm 112 in the Living Bible, it says, it is, praise the Lord for all who fear God and trust in Him are blessed beyond expression. I don't know, can you, can you pray that today when it doesn't feel like that? Can it can you pray that when it just doesn't feel like your home is like that at all? But confess it. I confessed it over my life then and I confess it over my life again that, that, that if I trust in him, my life will be blessed beyond expression. Yes, happy is the man who delights in doing his commands. Who delights in doing his commands. Delights in tithing when you haven't got enough money to pay the bills. 
delights in bringing offerings when you don't know how you're going to get through the month. But God, according to your word, I'm going to give you what is your due and I'm going to believe. His children will be honored everywhere. For good men's sons have a special heritage. He himself shall be wealthy and his good deeds will never be forgotten. When darkness overtakes him, light will come bursting in. And he is kind and merciful. And all goes well for the generous man who conducts his business fairly. Such a man will not be overthrown by evil circumstances. God's constant care of him will make a deep impression on all who see it. He does not fear bad news, nor live in dread of what may happen. For he is settled in his mind that Jehovah will take care of him. That is why he is not afraid, but can calmly face his foes. This is our God. Be planted in the house of the Lord. When you're planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish. I am not here today to speak to you who's someone or someone who has read a couple of books. I am not here speaking to you just because I've got a sermon of God TV or TBN. I'm not here speaking to you because I know what to find on YouTube. I am here speaking to you today to say, hey, look at me. I am proof that no matter what you face, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've come from, no matter how bad things have been, my God will make a way. My God will see you through. My God will equip you. My God will give you everything that you need to subdue every opposing force, to subdue the devil and see him put under your feet. And you will be fruitful. Your marriage will be fruitful. Your children will be fruitful. And they will be mighty in the land. And your finances will come good. And your bills will be paid. And sickness will leave your body. And depression will get off your mind. And that sexual habit will leave you. Because greater is my God. Great is the Lord. And most wonderful is His holy name. Oh, if you believe it, give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, can we show Pastor Malcolm our appreciation for an awesome message? Thank you, Pastor. Hey, I'm going to invite you to take your seats. We don't want to end this morning without giving anybody here an opportunity to respond to God, to respond to this incredible God that we've been hearing about this morning. So I'm going to invite you just where you are. Why don't you just bow your heads and close your eyes. This morning we've been hearing about a God who wants to bless. Hearing about a God who wants to give and wants to grow us and wants to make us flourish and prosper. And if you're here this morning, and as you sat in your seat, you know that you don't have a relationship with this incredible Father. Hey, listen, the truth of God's word this morning is that He loves you. 
that there is a Father in heaven who loves you, who thought about you before the foundations of time. And he longs to bless you, longs to prosper you. And in fact, even when you haven't known him, even when you were far away from him, even as you sit there now and you say, I don't know this God. Well, listen, he's still been blessing you. But this morning, there's an opportunity for you to come home. There's an opportunity for you to come running into the Father's arms because He longs to know you, longs to have a relationship with you. Or maybe for you this morning, you once had a relationship with this God, but you know that right now, your life isn't where you want it to be. You know that you need to recommit your life back to Him this morning. And hey, this is an opportunity also for you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed all across this place, in just a few moments, I'm going to count to three. And all we're asking you to do is just to raise your hand where you are. And one of our team will put a card in your hand and you can put your hand right back down. One. There is a God who is waiting for you this morning. He is waiting for you to come back home. Two. The truth is that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross so that your sin and my sin were forgiven once and for all. It was paid. He paid the full price. And now we have an opportunity to come and be sons and daughters free from sin, free from guilt, free from condemnation. Three, is there anyone here who wants to say yes to a relationship with God either for the first time or you know you want to recommit your life back to him? You can just put your hand up right now where you are. Is there anyone here in this place with every head bowed and every eye closed? Amazing. We see your hand. Amazing. Amazing. Just hold your hand up. Just someone's on their way to you. Amazing. Is there anyone else here before we move on in this moment? You want to say yes. God, I want to know you. God, I want to give my life to you. Is there anyone else? Wonderful. Well, we're going to pray together. And if you're holding on to a card this morning, can I encourage you to pray like this is just between you and God. But we're your church family. 